0: he really enjoys using, going through the nine steps and he enjoys using the music app. Yes. Can you just share a little bit about what you've seen with him enjoying the tutoring and also enjoying to read now?
1: Yeah, that is that still, uh, it kind of just takes my breath away and is so almost shocking to me when I catch him just reading casually. Um, when you have a child who... You know couldn't memorize his letters you know going on a couple years working on that to reading four five letter words spelling spelling difficult and challenging words that i think are even above his level it's just it still catches me off guard and it's so um it's so amazing and fulfilling to see that and i could see how like you mentioned how proud he is of himself Mm -hmm. um Because I think, I think we both felt very kind of hopeless because we didn't know what was wrong. We didn't know, you know, why these things weren't sticking. And so, yeah, it's, he, he actually um, enjoys reading And, and he's actually, I mean, for how much he's had to catch up, he's actually really good.
0: I'm Dr. Marianne Sintron, founder of Step-by-Step Dyslexia Solutions. This is a YouTube and a podcast to help parents with young children who um, need to learn how to help them if they have dyslexia. And it's also to help um, dyslexic adults who want to know that you're not alone. Maybe you've recognized dyslexia in your child and realized that this is what you've had all along. Well, I love to share stories, I love to interview parents, and I want to bring on a friend of ours who has been with us for three years, and her son has made great progress with our program, and because of her strong support. And I want to um, introduce you to her again. Her name is Veronica Hyder. So Veronica, come on stage and say hi to our, our audience. Hello. Um, so this is, it's a beautiful day here in California, isn't it? <laughs> It is. It's very nice. <laughs> Veronica has a, is a homeschool mom, and it's been a blessing having her. We had a, a little challenge this year, not knowing if she was going to be able to continue with all her heart she wanted to. And fortunately, we received a scholarship. Somebody matched what the charter school was paying. And so we are able to have crews in another year. And one of the things I wanted to talk to Veronica about, because I know she's so passionate about this, even though Cruz has made such great progress, you don't want to quit. You don't want to quit the intervention, right? Right. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So um, going back to where he started, um, that's what sticks out to me the most is where he would be if he had not received this very specific uh, intervention for his dyslexia. Um, Going from that point to where I'm at now, I can really see full circle the value in this intervention in that had he not received this, he wouldn't have been able to read. I mean, I don't know, I can't say for certain, where he would be with, you know, I don't think he would be as literate as he is now. Um, And I think about how that would have impacted all of his other academic areas. Um, Reading and, you know, just that phonetic awareness and um, spelling, that is a foundation to be able to do all your other subjects. If you can't read you don't understand language and you have those processing issues. um, It makes learning all of the other subjects 10 times harder. Um, So, you know, being where we're at now and reaping the benefits of him being such a strong reader. Now he went from being, not being able, you know, to, uh, it was so bad that he could not, um, remember his letter sounds, you know, A says, A, ah, B says, B, um, to now being a very, very strong gifted reader. Um, I, it, it's very scary for me to think that, or sad, I should say that there's a lot of other kids in that same situation right now who for many reasons have not been able to get this kind of help. Um, I think that, The reason why we chose to continue, even though he is a strong reader, is that, um, you know, having dyslexia, um, it presents challenges that I feel like regular curriculum, regular schools don't know how to help and assist. Um, It's very specialized, this curriculum we're using with you, and I feel like as long as we can. Uh, continue to build upon that, I don't think we should um, just stop because he he, he, grasp, he can grasp it. I think that as, as far as he can go and as much support as he can get can only benefit him um, because, you know, school gets more challenging as you get older and get into higher grades. And there's so much more to it, too, I think, outside of just knowing how to read. I think it's understanding what you're reading, you know, the spelling and how language works that I think can only benefit him as he gets into these more difficult uh, levels, you know, higher up, the higher grade levels. So um, That's
0: so true. I've had parents ask me, will my child be able to read in three months? Will my child get rid of this dyslexia. I mean, I've had questions asked and I keep going back to the science that says if a student is in an intervention program and this is when it's four or five days a week Mm -hmm. and we're retraining the brain, the language center on the left side will look the same as a non-dyslexic student when there's an MRI done. Mm -hmm. And I know this from other training, other programs that I've taught and the data with those programs. And so with our added component of music, I, you know, kids can use the music or not use the music. We've seen accelerated um, success with the music, but some mm-hmm. students don't want to use the music and that's okay. We're mm-hmm. still training the brain to let the left side be the dominant mm-hmm. language center. Mm-hmm. Now you have other kids and you have a young one who, who's just growing fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Cruz used to think, his little kindergarten sister was smarter than him now. (laughs) Yes. Now
1: getting older,
0: how do you juggle, juggle your priorities with your family and being a homeschool mom? Um,
1: you know, I kind of have always had a slogan, um, in being a mom of, uh, multiple children, having four, uh, being a stay at home mom and then venturing into homeschooling. Um, I just, I tried to approach everything with major on the major and minor on the minors. And what I mean by that is um, find the most important things in the day that you're going to focus on because you can't do everything. Um, nobody can. Um, and I think that um, especially today, there's a constant bid for our attention and for our our, like to distract us I think um we feel I think almost involuntarily pulled to um entertain things or compete in things that we really just don't even have the time for but I think it's just cultural things are just constantly pulling us in to be better and have more or um be great at everything and you know um, I feel like some days um, we we go down to the very bare basics. Sometimes I can do a little bit more, and that's great. But um, I don't beat myself up if you know the house isn't perfect, or um, you know we sometimes do takeout for dinner, or you know um, I feel like if if I have created a a, a healthy safe environment for my kids you know um if we are treating each other kindly that's a big thing that's a major in the house because I think Mm -hmm. from that everything else flows from that just being loving um I think uh prioritizing in myself and in each of my kids what are the most important things to get done that day and anything else is extra so um just being confident in those core things, whatever those core things are for you as a mother, um, as long as you know that you're staying true to that, uh, I feel like you um, you gain a lot of peace about the decisions you've made. And for me, that's being a homeschooling mom of four, and um, you know, it, it's it's a battle. Well, what <laughs> are is- the ages of
0: your kids so that our audience can relate?
1: Um, I have my youngest daughter. She's seven, about to be eight. Um, the next one is Cruz. My son, he's 10. Uh, the next one is Sienna. She's 13, my daughter. And then my eldest is uh, 15, my son. So we have seven to 15. And yeah. are, are your oldest kid, older two kids
0: supportive with the younger two?
1: <laughs> yes. And that's, that's the thing going back to those. Those core major things is that I've really tried to cultivate as much as I can um, a loving home and supportive. And I think that when I was raising my first two, the, older, the oldest, my uh, first daughter and son, um, I really tried to train them to look out for each other and to help each other and support one another. And then when the next two came along, um, it kind of effortlessly flowed because the the older two, you know, had I raised them, you know, a certain way, and so I had almost two other little helpers to help me, you know, train these these next two younger ones, and they're very very supportive, um, especially with Cruz, um, you know, in the beginning of his this journey with um, getting his. Uh, dyslexia addressed. And, you know, at that time there was also a lot of behavioral issues, um, that went along with it. I think there was a lot of frustration and not being able to get these concepts. Um, and we made sure that when there was a victory that we went crazy, you know, we would celebrate. And so the kids very much, I say that makes my job easier in that they are each other's, um, cheerleaders and best friends. That's that sweet. makes yeah. One of the
0: things we talk about is, I've heard parents say our home used to be a battlefield and now we all get along. So we like we say we turn the home from a battlefield to a playground.
1: Yeah. And definitely. I
0: think your your situation is very similar to that. Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I um. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's not perfect. You know, there's going to be little, you know, frustrations and things like that. But my my major was. Um, really trying to raise kind, loving people. So that way, when we go through these challenges, these battles, that, um, you know, all hands are on deck and everybody's gifted in their own way and everybody can contribute in a different way. And so, um, yeah, that's been really neat to see with Cruz that they have come alongside him and helped him through all of this. And that
0: says a lot for you and your husband because – we're not born with these kind natures of always, wanting. No. To, you know, we always want mine, 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 and take, take, take. So no, it's a lot of discipline. And I applaud you for that.
1: <laughs> Thank you. It is not. No, it's not how we even myself, I have to yeah. constantly address that in myself too.
0: Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say to parents who are struggling with really wanting to homeschool their children? They just don't know Where to get started, or they're just they don't have confidence in themselves as being able to homeschool their children.
1: Yeah, um, I very much relate to that. I was in that same place. I think was it like four, five years ago we decided to homeschool when my eldest was in third grade. He's in nine, so actually six years ago. Okay. Um, I was in the same situation. I am. I considered myself to be the last person that would ever homeschool. Um, because, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't see myself as particularly organized or, you know, um, on top of everything, I really felt like you had to be, you know, really perfect in every way to be a good homeschooling parent. Um, but it's not that at all. Um, I think that if, the biggest, I think, advice I could give to a parent that's considering it is that you have to take your mind out of what you see public school, the brick and mortar system as. Like, that's not what homeschooling is. So if you're thinking that you have to replicate the public school system in your home, well, then yes, you're going to fail because you, you're not a public school. You're one person, right? In your own home. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think there is sacrifice. Yes, there's, um, You know, there's pros to everything, public school, homeschool, but I would very much encourage parents who are thinking about or on the fence to think about being able to take control uh, over their domain And, and there's a lot of freedom in that. And our family, what we particularly really focused on with homeschooling is having fun and really honing in on each of our children's specific interests, and that's been fun for us. We um, really emphasized um, their unique individual, um, you know, subjects that they loved, um, topics, you know, um, lots and lots of
0: naturally, didn't it?
1: Yes. As lots you start of,
0: teaching them, you start seeing where they're strong and what they kind of don't yes. want to do.
1: <laughs> lots of yes, lots of field trips. That's like that was the biggest bonus for me as I've gotten to do and see so much with my kids. Now, with COVID, that's kind of you know, taking a backseat. But um, you know, I feel like homeschooling has mm-hmm. almost enriched my life as much as theirs in that. Um, I'm learning alongside them and i make, I make it fun. Cause if it's not fun, you're not going to want to do it. Um, and yeah, so it, it is a little overwhelming when you first start, that's normal. Everybody feels that way and you never feel like you've arrived. And I think that's just being human. You're always growing and you're always, um, you know, trying to improve. So there's never going to be a time where you feel like, oh, I got this. I I have a handle on everything. That's just not mm-hmm. realistic. So You're always dress. Yeah.
0: the intervention yeah. that Cruz is getting is not something you
1: would do with him.
0: Right. It, it's something I... that they would hire us to do the intervention for them. Yes. So um,
1: I could not do what um, he's receiving with you guys. That's just not something I feel equipped for, and. Um, I feel like that takes a lot of training and it takes a lot of education that I don't have. Um, I, I'm so thankful because I could not do it. (laughs) I I think I have enough on my plate and
0: yeah,
1: that's been instrumental. Like I, I feel like for our whole home, you know, having a child who's, who's struggling that much, you know, it takes up a lot of time and it takes up a lot of the attention from the other children. So that, that has been a blessing to our whole family that he's received this help outside of, you know, what I can give.
0: That's great. And I do have a a parent who was, who purchased my training videos and curriculum. She's also a teacher and she wasn't seeing her daughter's uh, needs met at the school. So she actually changed and now works at her daughter's school and she's her daughter's teacher providing this intervention. That's awesome. And helping other kids. So it's amazing. So this is also an opportunity for parents who do work, but you're with your children or yes. professionals. I yes. see so many different ways this reading program could be adopted, but mm-hmm. I think it's got to go through the homeschool, the parents, because there's yes. so much um, in the public school where they, you know, their, their hands are so tight in so many ways or right. their, their tutors aren't teachers aren't trained and right. Um, they just don't even want to seem to go there. So my heart really is going out to the homeschool moms right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of needs. And, you know, um, I think that, you know, the public school, it definitely serves a place and a purpose for a lot of kids. Um, But I just don't think they have the resources or the people to meet you know, these really specialized, um, uh, needs, you know, like dyslexia and stuff like that. I think that what Cruz did with at home intensively with you probably would have taken years if he had done it through the public school, because they just have to, you know, spread themselves out so much more thin. Right. Um, so that's something that I, I often think about is just how much he was able to, um, accomplished because we pushed for that minimum of three, three to five days a week of that was key, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, and that was key.
0: I know it's harder with COVID three times yes. is really taxing yeah. on the on the children. But yeah, three times is amazing. Yeah, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Because um, I know our, our listeners will tune in for 15 about 15 to 30 minutes. Is yeah. It's <laughs> But yeah. what would you like to um, say as a final close to the moms out there?
1: Um, I think if, if there's moms out there who have children that are, you know, struggling and they don't feel like they're getting the help um, that they need from their school, um, definitely look into um, other options. Uh, speak to somebody like Marianne. Um, that, that, that changed my life. I like I said, I, I repeat myself like a broken record. I kind of shudder when I think of where where Cruz and my whole family would be had we not met you and linked up and mm-hmm. given Cruz that specific uh, inter- intervention. Um, don't feel like you're pigeonholed in any one way, um, you know, look up in your local you know areas, any kind of advocates or. Um, I obviously I'm a huge uh, proponent for Marianne and her curriculum, Um, you know. But do don't don't feel like you have to take what the school says as you know the golden rule. Um, You do have options, Mm -hmm. and it is it is scary. It's overwhelming, but um, it'll it'll work out.
0: Okay. Thank you. I just want to remind the audience, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Veronica, for your time today. And I hope you all have a blessed day. Bye-bye now. Bye.